Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. and the doctor live like no shit live (laughs) live live yes sir same spot same spot after fucking shit three and a half years three and a half years man it's nice to have you in the house appreciate it you know i love coming here uh you know this always home yeah absolutely it's surreal i ain't been here in a while but it's like i never left uh it was funny um i walked like i was saying i walked in the house and it's like I heard Mama P. Like instantly, I just peeled my shoes. <laughs> just peeled my shoes right off, man. So uh, yes, I'm happy to be back in the crib. What's also wild too, man. Like so, I finally got my first chance to ride in the eight series. Now look, bro. Like I don't know if y'all out there watching me <laughs> right now. If y'all looking at me, if y'all can see me. All I know is P is in the car, right? And he's doing he's doing this type of shit like this, and every now and then he do one of those and some shit like I'm like. <laughs> and we at Westgate parking lot, so we yeah. literally just kind of going in like you know a circle trying to get to my car, and I'm like, who he know? I'm thinking he's doing hand signals or he see people that he know. <laughs> Come to find out, the damn eight series is responding to this man's hands. <laughs> It's got gesture control for just about everything. I can swipe phone calls, answer them or not with my hands. You know, turn the volume up, go to the next track. Just I'm still learning shit about that car two years later. <laughs> Moral of the story, man. Like, I don't make enough. I gotta get some. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to fuck it. I'm like, do my Impala do that? I got in my car. No, no. <laughs> you well on your way. We still gotta stop. touch shit on But nah, that's super cool, man. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry we had a little snafu a couple seconds ago. I mean, what else would we have if it wasn't sealed a right. doctor, if it I wasn't mean, a snafu? So, it always starts with a glitch, but we are here. We're resilient. <laughs> Very resilient, so we are good, man. So we got a good show for for you guys tonight. Um, you know, kind of getting the nerves. Feel like I ain't never done this. Uh, yeah. You would think that well, we've shot over fifty podcasts, we would know how to do this. But this is this portion is new to us because you know we we haven't been in the same room ever to do this, right? You know? So yeah, I mean, with that said, you know, like just trying to figure out the chemistry. Uh, excuse the light. Uh, we're trying to figure the best light. I know yeah. I'm not the the lightest person. I probably should have wore a gray shirt, but at some point I might just fade to black out here. I'm so dark, but <laughs> Look, <laughs> we'll see how that this how that dark goes. It's like a casualty of living in the desert. So it's a condition of living here when it's hot. That's this facts. is summertime out here. So that's facts. I'm, I'm usually like caramel colored. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, uh, we'll 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 make it work, man. But yeah. uh, we're gonna jump into the flash, getting right to the show, because um, we mad late. That's the other thing we always on CP time. So uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. Here we go. 
All right, so in the flash, uh, we got several things. So I think we're going to kick it off with uh, Kevin Samuel. So if you haven't heard, there is a petition to potentially remove him from YouTube. Um, when I first read this, now, again, we got two schools of thought here. You know, like we understand why people are trying to get Trump off of Twitter right. and YouTube and stuff like that. Just because, you know, he had his own way about doing things. But but this is, we've seen Kevin be very, very truthful, and so he thinks, but be in it in a very demeaning way. Um, and I think that some people are maybe getting tired of old Kevin and his advice, even though they call in and ask for it. But then he, he always is on the defensive about, well, you called me and you did this. But I still think there's a way to do certain things, you know what I mean, with some, some, some dignity and respect. But uh, I'm going to let you speak, and then we're going to cue him up. We're we're living in a time where, uh, you know, you consider me too and everything that's been happening. Uh, I'm not saying that he needs to tread lightly, but damn, this he, he borders on rude every single time. Yes, then, sir. You know, you're asking for advice. Uh, it's like like in, in anything. It's all in how the message is delivered. Mm -hmm. You know, they're calling you in a vulnerable state and you're making them feel worse. Yep. How's that help? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So let's uh let's give you about a minute of Kevin um and what he said uh over the last few days. You said you're 145 pounds? Yes, I work out. Uh-huh. I'm gonna just I go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. You are point six percent away from obesity. Kevin, do I look obese to you? I don't see. Audience, I want you guys to understand. She asked me what is average, and this is the problem. Women today think they can put what they effing feel in place of facts. You are short, four inches shorter, and you are 25 pounds heavier than a healthy weight. Why don't you go ask white women what to do, or Hispanic women what to do, or Asian women what to do, because apparently they seem to know how to do something. But, but they copying us. They copying black now, women. They get where women, they get their nails done. They do get butt lifts, want bigger breasts, bigger lips. Okay, let's let's run with that. Mm -hmm. Then if that's the case, why are they more married than y'all? Damn. Why are they more married than y'all? Yeah. yeah. Like some of that shit is just too aggressive, right? right. Understand being truthful. Like it, I think it's it, it's honest to be truthful to people who you actually love and, and right. admire, care for. Yeah. So I, I expect you as as my male counterpart, my mentor, my big brother to tell me, look, you fucking up and you're sure. doing it from a place of decency yeah. and, and and not just to tear me down. Right. And I feel like, I mean, you can monetize anything. We know sex sells, right? For sure. So you could definitely monetize that. Well, why not monetize being an asshole? <laughs> and he, he, he epitomizes being an asshole. Yeah. You know, and it, he, he makes it sound like any call that he gets that it's putting him out. It's inconveniencing right. him. Right now, he's only monetized because he gets these phone calls. Facts, facts, and I I think that part is lost in it right. in it all. And don't get me wrong, he's he's a successful businessman. Yeah. He's been doing some other things, um, but again, like I mean, are you actually being a positive individual? Like, are you actually helping people? 
by by speaking to them this way. Like yeah. nothing states anywhere that just because you're successful, you're better than anybody. Yeah. And a lot of time that shit is lost in translation mm-hmm. in my opinion in my opinion. Sure. So yeah. people monetize, you know, their niche. And his niche is I can be brutally honest and be a dickhead while doing it. Oh, and views will go up, people will fucking retweet me or you know, tag me on shit or whatever, and I'm just making money over hand yeah, over fist, hand as over you say. Fist. So, Cause, cause yeah. He's, but where he's going wrong is he's essentially attacking these women. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, he's not. I've never seen him talk to a guy. I have. You know, he he does the same. Yeah, <laughs> he does you know, the same shit. But bro. to a person, every time that I've seen him discuss anything with a woman, he's Bringing them further down. Oh, yeah. They're already calling them in a vulnerable state. Why this? Why that? Why am I not getting the right guy? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, some of these women, they deserve the brutal, honest truth, you know, because we watched one a few segments back where, um, you know, this woman was making like $30,000, $40,000, and she demanded that a guy make $100,000. educated. I do recall that one. Yeah, so you need to be a little bit more realistic. But, <laughs> I do recall but, that. You know, there there are certain it, he can't have the same stick across the board for every caller. Right. You know, right. And, and that's where I think that, you know, this this thing is, is coming off the rails where you got this change that org excuse me, petition to remove him from from YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say it like this, but one thing that we know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, especially after the Trump administration, yeah. hate speech. Anything that seems right. like it's in any kind of way almost yeah. negative, yeah. they're looking to scrub it, remove it. Yeah. So one may look at his whole fucking YouTube yeah. channel as, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, man, you just got to be careful in what you do, like, man. You but you got to be an asshole to everybody, everybody, every fucking body. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, that's Kevin. So let's go into uh, these Jamaican reparations. What's going on with that, people? All right. So. Um, the UK used to have, uh, uh, I guess, ownership. Actually, the Queen still okay. uh, exercises ownership over all the free land in uh, Jamaica. Uh, and that's where they got the majority of their slaves from. Yes. You know, during uh, slave time. So recently, uh, Jamaica will ask the UK for reparations for slavery under the, uh, under the British regime. An okay. estimated 600,000 people. Um, were kidnapped from Africa and enslaved in Jamaica. When the UK is, uh, when the UK abolished slavery, it took out loans to uh, to compensate the slave owners, mm. not the slaves. Wow, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Shit. Okay. Uh, but this is as as we watch um, society kind of change, and there's more so, more demand for social justice. We, I think this is the evolution of what we've seen um, through the civil rights movement, Jim Crow, and here we are, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is not just the United States no, thing. No, absolutely worldwide. not. Right, right. Uh, so we're, we're watching this evolution. And the one thing we don't hear about here in the States is the push for reparations. Yeah. It's like a flash here and a flash there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not... We don't think that it's, it's building traction because we don't hear about it in, in the, the media. Um, but there is an ongoing push for reparations uh, here in America. Now, the argument's always been, um, how, is, how do we do it? Who pays? How much should it be? Right. You know, how do we determine 
who's who's descended from slaves. Yes. You know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, that's one of the things that um, will remain to be seen until it actually happens here in the United States. But hey, good on Jamaica. You know, you they're making that push for reparations so that they can better their lives. Uh, the things that we see here as black people in America, they're essentially mirrored everywhere, Facts. everywhere Facts. where black people are. Facts. Okay. Well, I mean, with that stated, um, does Jamaica actually have a, a full fledged plan monetization? Have they talked about that, or is this uh, just? It's it's just in its infancy now. So okay, uh, there will be more uh, to follow as we push as we you know explore CRT. We're going to touch on different things like this reparations here, reparations worldwide. Right. Anyone, any any you know uh, culture of color that has been enslaved historically. We're going to review those things and bring those things up uh, during our CRT segments. Okay. Um, and then so the last thing, if you remember our last show, we were talking uh, NCAA and paying uh, athletes. And so already um, the new Alabama QB yeah. is set to be a millionaire just off his endorsements. And this is potentially, now again, I don't know if this kid can play. Traditionally, when it comes to Alabama quarterbacks, they end up making the league, but they're not like, you know, top notch. Right. I, I, truly, Joe, Joe, Na, uh, what's his name? Joe Namath. Mm -hmm. It's the last Alabama quarterback I could think of that's yeah. actually made a name for himself. Yeah. I wasn't even born. <laughs> so, but still, I mean, this could be potentially what we talked about um, as a positive thing because maybe some of these kids will not make their ultimate dream, that being an NFL or, or NBA or whatever might have you, but they still might be able to monetize themselves enough. Right through playing sports, doing endorsements, because they are QB1 for three years. Yeah. They are, yeah. you know, a really good basketball player for two years, three mm -hmm. years, whatever, and then still help their family get their degree, go on about their career. Right. So, you know, that's uh, congratulatory to him. Life-changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the flash, man. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, before we jump into the ask, <laughs> let's roll down. There's some wild shit going on in the world, man. Uh, news, news. What's really cool about news, news is like we always say, we can't make this shit up. So we make sure we check our sources and we make sure that we, you know, we do a double, triple check and say, okay, well, yeah, that's a factual story. Yeah. Cause some of the shit is just like not even believable. Just, right. Right. So let's jump into, <laughs> let's start with the Olympics. So the Olympics yeah. kicked off yesterday. Um, and I, you know, I was on the road coming out this way. So of course I missed the open ceremonies, but one thing, um, that had came out a couple days, <laughs> a couple days ago was what they were trying to put in place right. to prevent uh, human contact. I would say humans just being humans. <laughs> you, right? you being, you being yeah. very, very nice. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, humans, people are just naturally going to connect in their own way. Yes. So they came up with the anti-sex beds and i'm sorry there's a few viewers out here i should have probably had the cutaway to show you what this anti-sex bed looks like but you can google it it's absolutely ridiculous yeah. but talk about it, the anti -sex it's, it's a cardboard bed <laughs> uh, look you could talk to anybody who's ever been in the military for even an iota and they've deployed anti-sex beds if, if you want some Hell be damned. This is, You're going to get some. Yeah, people get in trouble for yeah. that shit all the time. They yeah, break general order yes, one. They yes. go behind this, they and that. Yes. They do here. 
So, I mean, I get it. Japanese commission is trying to, you know, limit that. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing primarily it's got to do with Corona, right? Like let's, let's keep that, contact that's down. Possible. And, and I don't know. The article I read, it didn't mention Corona, but okay. Let, let's, let's err on that side that. Yeah. It's Corona based. Yeah, it's Corona based. <laughs> uh, Look, <laughs> Africa's been locked up for an entire year. You're finally out of your country into another country. You're meeting people from all walks of life. Nature takes its course. You're going to find a natural place to do business. And then end up breaking the cardboard bed. <laughs> it's a cardboard bed. It's a cardboard. It's meant to be broken. It's fucking ridiculous <laughs> is what it is, man. Who came up with that idea? <laughs> Goddamn. Okay, let's go to America's dumbest criminal ever. Let's talk oh, my <laughs> Lord, man. So this idiot, uh, it, it's unbelievable. So th- this social media um, uh, phenomenon, that's what I would call it. It's been an ongoing phenomenon for far too long. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So this lady uh, has been, she was wanted in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. And they posted on her Facebook page, on, on their Facebook page that she's wanted. You know, they probably have the most wanted through all of, you know, Oklahoma listed on their Facebook page. Right. What did she do? <laughs> she replies. What did she reply? I don't know exactly. Hold on. Let me, it's, it's, there's a visual of it. Hold on. I think right. it was something about what the uh, the reward. Might yeah, she she's asking. She is the most wanted, <laughs> oh, and shit. she replies asking about the reward money. She asked about her reward money, and a friend of hers replied, "Girl, you need to get off social media. They can track you." Oh, and they tracked her indeed. And it was too late at that it was point. Too late at that point. Had her locked down. So look, I'm not. We're we're not condoning. Committing crimes. <laughs> if you're going to fuck up, be a little bit smarter. And stay the fuck off social media. Stay off social media. Oh, Why are you on social media replying, asking about reward money for your arrest? Yeah, you got you to gotta do some shit that makes sense. And that don't make sense. None. It makes zero sense. None. <sighs> okay. All right. Wow. And last but not least... Let's go to Boston and talk about horse guy. Now I, we will we will lead this off with uh, this is a bit graphic. Yeah. We won't use the graphic language, but the imagery. If you could just put in your mind, if you haven't heard about this guy, it's bestiality. Yeah. But uh, let's let's talk about that. Nineteen year old Boston man is suspected of breaking into a Norfolk, Massachusetts farm and sexually assaulting a horse. See, this is what, okay, a, a few shows ago, yeah. we kind of joked about the guy who, what did he do, beat the snake up too bad, or what was that, an was alligator? A, or, um, an alligator. Some shit he went bananas yeah, an iguana. on. An iguana. An iguana. Iguana man. Yeah. But he didn't have to try to have sex with the iguana. He just. Uh, he just took out some anger. Yeah. He, the iguana. Yeah. And, but this shit is. Yeah. This is sickness yes, right here. This like is, this, you're sick when you do this type of bullshit. And, and I mean, we we got it in news news. So it's it's like a it it's there's some humor in there. You can, but on a real serious note, this country has a problem mental illness. Seriously, completely. This is what this yeah. comes back to. Yes, bro. That's 
I, that's a whole other level of I don't understand. I don't want to no, understand. But, uh, right. But I, you need somebody yeah, to help you, you need out. Some help. Don't yeah. explain it to me. I, I don't want to even entertain the thought of why you did it. Just that's, you need some help. Yikes, period. bro. Yikes. Okay, man. Well, that's news news. We just decided to run them all together. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we kind of break up our segments and doing that, but we just ran these all together, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these are the news, news stories of the week. And we cannot make this shit cannot up. Cannot make this shit up. I switched gears a bit. I'm going to roll into the acid doctor. Now, now fans, listeners, um, maybe fans is being a little bit narcissistic, but <laughs> anybody that follows the show. Right. We Followers. appreciate you. And we always say, hey, if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, please let us know. And so I was inboxed this week um, and that individual wanted us to discuss um, do the benefits of serving in the military outweigh the negatives, whatever right. those might be, because yeah. her son is potentially thinking about joining. Yeah. So, you know. This is what we're here for. This platform is for, for you guys as much as it is for us. So here we are. So I will lead with you, P. Um, do the benefits of serving outweigh the negatives that come with the lifestyle of being in the military? You being a 22-year veteran, uh, Mama P, 20-plus years as well. Um, you know, both of you guys are re retired. And, you know, so you have a breadth of experience on that. I'm pushing retirement. I have my own viewpoints, but I'll start with you. You're the mentor. Talk to me. Do they outweigh the, the negatives? By far. By far. And, and that, that's the, the simplest way I can put it. Now, for me, growing up on the south side of Chicago, welfare, last of four kids, um, there's no, there are no military bases near where I grew up. I didn't know anything about the military. Absolutely nothing. So, um, just on a whim, not not really on a whim. I needed an escape. I needed to get out of Chicago. I didn't want to go to school, um, so went took the ASVAB, raised my right hand, left. In any walk of life that anyone pursues, there's gonna be some things that you don't like, um, but in this case, the benefits definitely outweigh, you know, the the negatives. So, um, the benefits. It helped me discover who I am. I learned a lot about um, pushing beyond my limits. Mm -hmm. Learned a lot about um, shaping my personality, my confidence level, um, building relationships with people I would have never, ever met otherwise. I mean, I grew up in a 99.9% .9 black environment until I left. You know, so right. I was exposed to... Um, all walks of life, different parts of the world, which growing up where I grew up, broke, food stamps, I would have never gone to England, never lived in Italy for four years, Germany, uh, seen Spain, Turkey, all the places that I've been. The exposure, I think, the one thing that, that American kids lack um, is the viewpoint of other walks of life, of other cultures, of other countries. And... I think I, the benefit of that for me uh, extends to, you know, my late wife and extends to my kids. My kids were exposed to so much more. Um, so you don't feel limited okay. in the world that you, 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 you started off. Now, I never, ever left South Side of Chicago. 
until I went into the military. Never been on a plane until I left. Same here. You know, so yeah. all of these things, you, you, for me, I learned different things about myself professionally. Um, I got a doctorate and didn't pay a dime for it. Yeah. You know, so my toolbox is filled with tools and different opportunities. I can make different opportunities for myself. Uh, I think the thing that anybody that's coming into the military has to, to understand, or this is hindsight. It's always hindsight. I didn't have a plan for what was next. I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to stay in four years, six years, 20 years. I just kind of reenlisted every fucking four years. Right. Um, but, and I didn't have a plan towards that end. And I recommend to anybody that's coming in, have a plan, you know, know what you're going to do, be it after year four, year six, year 10, year 12, year 20, know what you want to do. Uh, because one thing's for certain with the military, you're going to do your time. You're going to work. You're going to work. You're going to work and you're going to be severely underpaid. <laughs> you know, that's a talk given. about it. Yeah. That's a given. Um, but I would say the, I wouldn't even say that the deployments and going TDY are distinct negatives, you know, because, uh, my deployments weren't awful. No, I, I agree. They, they weren't, they weren't terrible. You know, you get into a routine, you go to work every day and, and you go back to your, your tent or, you know, your trailer and you just do that routine for four to six months and you get out of there. Right. In most cases you're making a little bit more money, that kind of thing. Uh, but what makes it, what made my deployments really, really good for the most part was the people I was with. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in a shitty environment for the most part and everybody around you is experiencing the same thing. Right. So collectively you survive and you get through that thing together, you know? So, um, what are the other negatives? You're going to run into shitty bosses, <laughs> you know, but that, but that's in every walk of life. Any profession that you work in, you're going to run, run into some shitty bosses, but you learn how to adapt and deal with that negative. Um, the positive, man, I, I would say the biggest positive I got from the military is my relationship with you and our group of 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 really our brothers um, that we've helped shape these each other's lives to the point where um, this is a lifelong, we have lifelong relationships. Right. You know? Yeah. Th that that's one of the biggest benefits. The biggest, biggest, I met my wife. We were married 28 years. We got two kids. We built a life together. Um, and I don't know that that would have been possible if, if I had not come into the military, if I had not done that time, you know, so, and, and having a wife that was military as well, she understood the trials that I went through most days and I understood the trials that she went through most days. So, you know, it was easy for us to understand. It wasn't, you know, um, where I've seen someone that's military married to a civilian, they going through it every day because their significant other doesn't really understand the, the pressures of living a life where you essentially don't own your time. You get called to work any time of day. You have to go. There's no, nah, I can't come in. No, you better, you better have your ass at the office or on post or getting a weapon or wherever it is. You have to go. You have no choice. 
it's my first wife uh that that played a huge role in us not being able to work through certain situations yeah. because she didn't understand what I at that point didn't even understand. Right. I was brand new and I was like, you know, there was days I'm like, well they don't even give a shit <laughs> about me or yeah. my situation, i.e. kids, married, whatever. Though they say they do, us a lot of times I didn't feel that, you know. So you've covered everything that I've already felt. So I'll try to go in a different avenue. Yeah. Um, the benefits of the military. I think that it, no matter what age, um, if you're in self discovery mode, mm-hmm. the military is a perfect place for you to go. Yeah. Why? You're gonna get pushed to different heights, different challenges, exposure. You'll, you know, even if you don't leave the country for your only enlistment or whatever you might do. Not having, like you said, the comfort of knowing up the street is where my favorite this is. Down the, down the way is where I go to do this. You have to just learn how to be more than what you know, yeah. right? So I think that's important in anybody's growth because it puts you in a place of uncomfortableness that yeah. then drives you to learn more about you, yeah. right? Now, sure. that was me. Like you said, never been on a plane. I had never went west of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. My only vacations truly growing up go to Mississippi, Alabama for a family reunion. Yeah. That's where my great artists, where my grandparents are from. Um, or we would go to like a theme park, so Kings Island, which is right next door in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we went to Disney once or twice. Right. Um, and that's no fault of my parents. That's just my life. So. Yeah cities that i used to you know enamor almost look at it like wow look at new york wow arizona wow california like you get out there and you be like that's it that's you know i mean like when like the my very first experience when i went to la hollywood boulevard i wanted to just find michael jackson star right but you know you never know how they really set that city up la and i'm not this is no offense to anybody it's a very dirty city um vagabonds everywhere and so the shit that we see like the big chinese theater and all this other stuff is right across the street from the hood yeah like right across the street from drug deals but you learn that (laughs) with every move that you ever make you know you have a preconceived notion about different things so the first time i went to spain you know you see different things in your head about um just cultural yeah iconic things about these areas and you get there it's like what the fuck it's, Spain yeah. is one of the nastiest countries I've ever been in. Really? By far. Wow. Okay. You know, and, but you would think on the flip side, Germany, you know, you wouldn't think that um, that it's as, because, you, you know, just the tone, how they talk to each other, and they, they have a really, really aggressive language. Uh, it's by far the cleanest country I've ever been in. That's by I can, far. Yeah, by I far. can agree. It's very clean. Yeah. You know, but what I found, though, being yeah. in L.A., like, they backdropped the rest of the, like, <laughs> When they show the, the red carpet and they got yeah. the that view, everybody coming, taking pictures yeah. and walking in, they have no kidding backdrop the entire street. Wow. I've seen it. Me and yeah. T, we were out there. Uh, I think it was when we were out there for Toddy C's uh, wedding. Yeah, yeah. And we went down to L.A. and just did some shit. And I was like, I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they literally backdropped. They took out. They had these gigantic ass curtains, P. Yeah. <laughs> they went across the street and like you couldn't enter from this side wow. and that's how they make that perfect shot yeah. for the stars because you see all the cars rolling up in succession boom 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 and i'm guessing somebody got a cue like okay here, here's denzel's car here's whoever car yeah. they get out you know they always show the wave and the clap get their couple pictures and they go inside and 
was like, this is how this shit work? Because if they showed the other side, it'd be some drug like, deals yo. going on, some, you know, some other shit that's probably not pleasant to the eye. So I was just like, wow. But my, my point in that, all that was staying on topic, is just I was able to learn culture. Even in America, because all I knew was Indianapolis East Side. Um, That was home. And, you know, that's all I knew. So that's one thing. You know, um, the the next thing, too, is whether you have a plan or not, plans will change. Yeah. So what the military is going to teach you (laughs) is to absolutely be flexible. (laughs) Definitely flexibility. Uh, This past week has been a fucking nightmare for me. Am I going to deploy? Am I not going to deploy? When you think about your last (laughs) last year. Yeah, it's been like short notice deployment yeah. out the door, and so a lot of that shit plays on your your psyche at times. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if this shit would have happened to me years ago, I think it would have been like, well, whatever. Because I really didn't have things established like I have now. Right. Yeah. wasn't podcasting, wasn't writing, wasn't in school. Like, so fuck it, whatever. I ain't got shit else to do but yeah. you know just say goodbye to my family and I'll see you later. But when you have a life now, because that's one thing I try to tell young kids that are in the, that are thinking about joining the military, because I'll be like, oh, you got to do what everybody say all the time. Like, yes and no. I was like, right. you still have a life. You're still respected as a person. Yeah. You know, I still have time to do me. But yes, I am on. And I use air quotes duty at all times. Right. Like we have to learn that mindset. Um, so teaching you flexibility um, and then organization. Um, that's one of those huge benefits because you have to manage your time. You have to learn how to say, okay, well, there's only 24 hours in a day, but now I'm a father, I'm a husband, yeah. I'm a fucking uh, flight chief, yeah. I'm a supervisor. Yeah. You just throw another title after another time. I'm a coach for my kids' youth sports. I pod- I'm a podcaster. You just each, keep going. <laughs> each title requires time. Time. And where do you find that time? And it's yeah. usually... You know, you learn how to survive on, you know, four or five hours of sleep. You make the time necessary to, you know, as you prioritize those those different titles and those different responsibilities. Um, but it, I, I think that, you know, it teaches you more about life than you would otherwise learn on your own uh, because you're required to push past your limitations. You're required Facts. to, you know, and, and in normal life, you know, you see people you know, I graduated from high school, working at the post office, life's made. Yep. I got the job. Now, my, not my dream job, but yeah. I got the $25 hour job. Right. Coast yeah. for the next 40 years. Yeah. Shit, that sounds crazy, but yeah. <laughs> that's You're how right. people view it. Yeah. That's how people view it. For me, it used to be, um, you would hear people who didn't go to college or whatever, like, man, I'm just trying to get on a GM. I'm just trying to get on one of these plants yeah. because they know they may be walking the door 16, 18 bucks, but if they stay the course by the time they're shit 60, they probably up to $40 an hour, you yeah. know, and they, as they say, I'm making that good money now, but that's 40 plus years of hard yes. labor, Yes, you know, dealing with all kind of shit we know about now, yeah. occupational exposures in every level, noise, chemical hazards, yeah. whatever. And so, um, not wanting to have a life that just seen me follow what the the trend was was another thing because I tried college um I had a couple jobs and I had no fucking real idea what was next but I knew I was I was bound to be more than just somebody who graduated high school and stayed the course for the the rest of my life in Indiana maybe take a vacation here or there but no i was like i the world seems like it's way too open and it's way too big for me not to explore so i kind of backed into the military because we've talked before like yeah. 
I was not the kid in high school that when they showed up and was talking to you at lunch was like, oh, for real? I was I was the one that dipped out. I yeah. Talk to them. Hey, what you going to do when you yeah. get out? I'm like, not this shit. And <laughs> yeah. grab my lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so never say never, right? Yeah. You become a hypocrite like me. But uh, but no, you know, so when I think about the negatives, what are the negatives? And, I, and I'll stay like, I'm not even going to say everybody has a family yet. So let's just talk about the negatives are. The negatives, if anything, are the construct one thing the young kids you know realize once they hit 18 or they're of age it's like well i'm an adult now can make my own decisions but when you join the military what they gonna tell you right away so let's let's pretend you join the military you don't have a family you're not married kids whatever oh you live in a dorm yeah so there's no right now you will be in a dorm until basically we tell you you can leave right um, you're on a meal card. You're on a meal card. Yeah. So, so you yeah, you can hall. you can use your money to buy, yeah. but you're not getting paid right. to go to the grocery store. Yeah. So you because we're providing that for you. Um, when it comes to supervision, you don't get to choose that. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reasons, you know, we just have our one offs with people. Like, like I didn't get the good vibe from dude. I don't know if I really like him. Right, right. That might be your fucking supervisor, and you're gonna have to it's, Yeah, as long as that shit yeah. doesn't prevent no kidding, like real life problematic issues like okay yeah. my supervisor is racist and he hates black or some crazy shit like right, that right, right. they're not going to just listen to your request like oh well you don't like him or you don't like her so that's not just no nah. yeah, so you don't have to work through that <laughs> you don't get that choice. yeah so a lot of the choices are made for you and you'll find yourself at times i know this was me feeling a bit demeaned like yeah. i'm gonna fucking adult like right right and this is a real really weird situation my very first supervisor is literally months older than me yeah. But he was single, no kids. I'm a baby on the way and just got married. Yeah. And I'm like, I had to get out of my own mind that I'm not listening to this motherfucker. Like this literally like I'm at the time I'm 21 and fucking four, four months. And he's 21 and seven months. Are you yeah. telling me not to drink? you don't drink like <laughs> you know, so it's like that type of weird shit that I had to defeat because as a grown person. And a young person had to grow up a little bit faster. I had dealt with some shit that made me, in my mind, progress a little bit. Like, I was like, bro, I've been kind of doing this thing of adulthood for four or five years now. Right. And who are you? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like a culture shock because you go to other cultures and they're used to certain things looking a certain way. So if I'm to respect you, you need to be significantly older than me right. if i'm supposed to follow you you supposed to have a breadth of experience yeah. and the military will slap you in the face and a lot of times your supervisor will be younger than you yeah. or some crazy and shit it, like that it's all based on rank that's it's it all based on that's rank. it you know and that person that came it. in maybe six months to a year before you and exactly just happens to someone just before you did and hey he's your supervisor you're like or y'all been homies. Yeah. That's the other thing, right? Yeah. Me and you, we came at the same time, but you smarter than me or whatever. You yeah. end up making rank. And I'm like, man, what the fuck? Wait a minute. I used yeah. to hoop. We hoop together. We lift weights. Ball. Now you my boss. Like, yeah, like that yeah. could be a weird situation too. So, yeah, you know. it, it's, I would say it, it taught me more about life uh, than, than I know I could have learned uh, in any other, any other way, you know, especially coming from where I came from. Um, and those different relationships, you know, you learn how to deal with uncomfortable situations because like you just illustrated, you're never going to have that boss. It's a rare thing that you have that boss that's like, wow, I really like working for this mug. I really yeah. do. I mean, my 22 years, man, I had some really good. I, thought well, I, I like working for you. Yeah, I had some great people. <laughs> that was good. I worked for some really good people and 
when I got to bio, I worked for a good lieutenant colonel. But when, when Jay Cost came into that office, that was by far the best boss I've ever had, man, because he empowered me. Yeah. You know, let you do your he job. Didn't, he didn't limit me. He empowered right. me. Hey, you do you. You take care of your people. I got you. As yep. long as you could take care of me. <laughs> and and that it's it's a reciprocal relationship. And you know, we we work that thing out. So the benefits will always as long as you have an open mind. If you you know facts you, you hear people all the time like, oh man, I don't know if I could do the military, I can't have somebody can't nobody tell me, tell me what, to, what to do. Right. <laughs> Unless you sign in the checks, somebody's telling you what to do. I don't give At a, any I don't job. care what you're doing. Right. If you're not the boss, you're not the one signing the checks, somebody's telling you what to do. Yeah. So get over yourself and make a choice. Uh, but, you know, maybe the, mil- the military is not for everybody. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say that right. it, it will work for everybody because we, in our years, our, our 40 years of being in the military combined, we've seen people come in and they're gone quick, yep. you know, because they fail to adapt to it. But I can say that it was by far the easiest thing I had ever done in my life. Oh yeah, I, and I I totally respect that um, because now here I am pushing toward getting out, and I can't believe that through all the ups downs, round the corners, everything, yeah. I'm like, it's it hasn't been that bad, and right. it really hasn't been like time wise. Sure, eighteen years is eighteen years, but yeah. I'm like, it's a blink, it's a blink, yeah. like because I remember like you, I had no real set plan of going more than four years, which yeah. is why I pushed super hard to finish my bachelor's in my first terms. Yeah. I did. I made all my goals happen. The yeah. one thing that kept me in was the economy. Yeah. Cause I just wanted to get out and be a teacher and a basketball coach. I chose a very simplistic mindset. So I thought of <laughs> um, what I was going to do right. um, because in a lot of ways, like though I talked a big game, <laughs> I didn't really understand challenging myself. Right. Yeah. Like, cause people are like, well, why do you want to be a, a history teacher and a basketball coach? Like, well, when I was in school, history is my favorite subject, and I love to hoop. And I've hooped on, you know, the collegiate level. Didn't get to play in high school because of some some bullshit. Yeah. But I've played in the military and shit like that. And I just like hooping, you know. And so I was like, I think that's it for me. I had no aspirations, no goals for anything mm-hmm. bigger. But I think, you know, whether you believe in religious things or you just believe in the right people will come into your life and they're supposed to, things yeah. happen that didn't allow me to follow that. Because right, right. when I went home, I, I did my due diligence. I, I had about eight months left. I took leave, and I went to my old high school, and I just started talking to my teachers. Yeah. He's like, don't you do this shit. <laughs> and I was like, well, what does that mean? I was like, I right. thought you loved teaching. Like, it has nothing to do with that. It's like the way we're going right now, these teacher strikes, uh, the economy's not not as great. And it's like really right now most any um, school board can only offer you temporary, you know, temporary position, whether that's a yearly thing or – couple months here and there it's like yeah. the tenure teachers like you know i'm talking to them now they like i've been teaching for 30 years yeah i don't knock on wood have to really worry about anything but these young teachers is coming out it's just this is not the right time for that and as you know we don't get paid shit like they were really yeah. truthful to me right um and i was like shit and i remember leaving home after that trip not feeling right i was like man i thought i had my whole life planned i did everything i was supposed yeah. to I've finished these four years. It's time for me to go, but it's not time for me to go. Right, so I'm right. glad I made the choice to overcome my, I guess, my selfishness. Because at that point, I thought I was done. I didn't have any ill will toward the military at all. Yeah. But I was like, 
if anything, I could just check that box. You know, I'll have veteran next to my name with right. whatever else I do. Yeah. Um, but now it's going to be retired, yeah. you know, so that's a different box to check and it comes with benefits. Right. So that's another benefit. You right. stay the course. Look, hey, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and when you retire, you'll be yeah. what? 40, 41, 41. 41. All right. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll go over 41. If plan, if you plan right, everything's planned right financially. You will not have to work. You can. I'm retired. Look, I retired at 42. It was He's retired, it, retired. And, and and look, it was not like I didn't have a plan or desire to get a job or anything like that. Life circumstances took a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you said, some things happen for a reason. There, there's reasons that things happen in our lives. So I don't regret um, a lot of things that have happened. I don't have any regrets about it. I don't. I don't. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is I've been lucky enough and fortunate in my life to have retired at 42 and never have had a real job in the last almost 11 years. And that's something that I definitely have admired because through watching you, um, though you were dealing with other things, you know, um, I definitely understood, And we talked about this numerous times. Like for me, wealth meant time. Yeah. Now you can count all the zeros you want, and sure, that's always a great feeling. But how hard are you working for those zeros? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, are you at every single showcase possible trying to sell your fucking your company, your brand, your whatever? Yeah. Are you flying internationally all the time? Mm-hmm. And so, what are you doing? You're taking away from your family's life if you have that. Yeah. You're even fucking running yourself ragged. Though you're getting to see the world, you're like, fuck, I never have my my feet in the same place for right. more than fucking forty eight hours. Yeah. So I say all that to say. For me, like you said, if all of your finances are taken care of and you have planned out what your life looks like and you don't have to work anymore, yeah. I can only imagine the beauty of my day consists of me going to fries. <laughs> Get my coffee. Uh, you know, let's say, Lord bless shadow, but walking shadow. Yeah, walk my dog. Swimming in this beautiful pool yeah. out here. And it's just like you have the comforts of all the things you work for. Yeah. And at a relatively young age, a lot of people have to bust their ass and make retirement age. And now they're living off that 401k and they got their feet up, but they 65, yeah. they 70. Yeah. And now their twilight years, they're going to relax. Like you've been twilighting, I've been twilighting since for, 42. Yeah, since 42. So that is admirable, <laughs> by the way. So very admirable. If, if nothing else, that's um, that's the benefit. One of the, the man, it's it's the benefit of the military you know yeah. if you do you can do 20 years and not have to work yep and that's i'm on the back end and i would say um and i'm learning this from you too as we talk about building resumes and stuff when i say not having to work i think that contractually i might take gigs here and there yeah, yeah. but i do not want to retire and then walk right back into a nine to five right. and, and i and that, i'm back to that same grind and that's been the th- the thing and you know i told you the fema story um, I needed to realize what I was giving away. You know, when I took that job, I I, I had a nine to five job for six days. days. <laughs> <laughs> the whole bus ride, the whole the whole scenario. It was a, a like an inside joke, and I had said, "I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, say this in a negative way." I was like, "But P ain't gonna make it, bro." Like me and Gino and shit, and Clink. I was like, "Proc's not gonna make it, dog." Yeah. I was like, "He's way too like I've been off yes. to listen to anybody tell him what to do." <laughs> I mean, 
technically, I was off probably the last four years I was in the military. Technically, Facts. mentally, mentally, I was off. My responsibility that. was to my office, my people, period. That was my responsibility. It, run through a wall for you guys, do what we need to do, you know, make that environment as comfortable as possible, make sure you guys are empowered to do the things that you need to do. That was my responsibility. I had already checked out military-wise. Yeah. Um, but the things that happened in my life after and not have, not working, that, that mindset of being told you need to be somewhere at 9 o'clock yeah. and you can't leave till 5 and here you – you better Here's the rules the and regulations. No, I was like, ah, all right. I I didn't. I needed confirmation. I needed affirmation that, okay, you are incapable. And I truly believe that. <laughs> you, Stuart Proctor, you are incapable of fulfilling the responsibilities of a nine to fucking five job. And that's one of those benefits of being in the, in the military for 22 years. But because we are wired from the earliest to go to school and get a job, it's innate. It's 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 built into us. Yep. But mine had gone dormant for yep. five, six, seven years. And all right, I'm gonna see if I can hit that switch. Once that switch is off, that fucking switch is off. And it it will stay off when you realize you don't need to chase a dollar. That's key. Um, and I think we can close the segment on yeah. that is once you really figure out how money works for you, not how money works for the world, right. but how it works for you, you know, do I need things or want things that I feel I only need or want because I see you with it, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, like, P's my big brother, he's my mentor. I know this man loves BMWs. I yeah. think it's an uh, absolute fucking foul upon myself <laughs> to love BMWs because he loves them. And right. I just rode in his 8 Series, beautiful car. You can look it up. You know how much it costs. But if that's not what I really want, yeah. and I just feel like I want to feel like you, then my money will never work for me. Yeah. I know, and it doesn't mean that you have to be frugal or simplistic or none of that shit. It just means that somebody else's successes or somebody else's yeah. no kidding likes don't have to be yours. And I think yeah. we struggle, you know, and this is going a little bit past, you know, just talking about the military. But we can just see the wave of people wearing designer clothing. Yeah. I'm not going to pay fucking two thousand dollars for a fucking button up shirt. That's retarded. But all of this, all of, uh, everything <laughs> that you're crazy. saying fits into the military because the very first thing that you notice when you come in is, hey, he's the same grade as me, he's the same rank as me. He's got a car. I need to get a car. That's facts. And you you're know? just as yeah. as your parents yeah. always say, like uh, keeping up with the Joneses yeah. or not keeping up with them because yes. you're going broke trying. Yeah. To. You, you that's that's the very first thing that that happens when you come in. So. You know, self-awareness is huge. Yes. It's required. Yes. You have to understand where you are financially and your responsibilities because, one, you can go broke and get yourself in trouble and get kicked out, that kind of thing. And then you never even knew yeah. what it was like to be in the military. Right, right. Um, and I also say this, too, man. Like, um, maturity is everything. A lot of people come in too young. A lot of people come in too much life experience and then you have to find your balance yeah because a lot of people come in and ain't nobody gonna tell me shit why i'm 23 24 yeah. i'm only doing this because i want to end up going to school so you ain't gonna tell me shit well it's definitely a fucking like situation <laughs> where you're gonna have to give something to get something yeah, right. and one thing i've learned though after you learn that system then it becomes a take take one thing i would say anybody that has been my troop or anyone that I've had a close relationship with over the last seven to eight years, from learning from you, I've always told them, 
you leave this, whether it's retirement or you just decide to get out, you better not have zero regrets. Yeah. You better not be saying, I wish I would have. Yeah. Because you ain't got nothing but opportunity now, which is why I took every level of school. I got the bachelor's, I got the master's, I got several associates. Did all that to not have to truly touch my GI Bill because I was going to give that to a child, right. which is what I did. Because I know what I'm not going to do. Yeah. I can't speak for everybody, but I'm not getting out at 40 years old and say, oh, now I'm going to go to school. Yeah, yeah fucking right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that no is way. not going to happen yeah, no way. for me. So I just say, you know, if you're looking for something, the military can definitely help you find that something for sure. Um, because you'll just, the exposure is too grand. It's entirely too much exposure, whether that's traveling, whether that's just networking. I mean, I might not call everybody on my page a friend, but I mean, I, there's 13, 1400 people that in some way, shape or form, I know. Yeah. Like, and you, and you just see things like, Oh shit, you know what? Jerry, he does X, Y, Z or whatever. And so those are the type of things that are, you know, you can't find anywhere. Yeah. They're invaluable. You can't find that anywhere else, man. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's the ask, um, the military benefits of serving definitely outweigh any negatives that you may come up with in your mind, deployments, being away from family, you know, hard times, that type of thing. But the benefits will. And we didn't even talk about, you know, the perks of tax breaks. Stability. Um, I mean, yeah, you fucking health care. Yeah. You know, it, Stability. Yeah. Uh, your constant paycheck. You, know, you do get pay increases, though they are not very comparable right. with the, the outside world. But those yeah. things will help a young individual, male or female, someone building a family, whatever, kind of construct that family. Because yeah. you know that this is what I make. Um, and that's not going to change. We can roll into conversations, which is different this week. This is very, very different, but, um, what does the future hold, man? And we talking about us. (laughs) So what's next for you? We've, we've, all right. So I'm, 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 I'm plugging away my two books. Yes. You know, one of them's, uh, you know, more introspection. Yes. Uh, my growth as a man. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm probably like whew, a few hundred pages into that. So I'm, I'm all, are you writing, writing? I'm writing, writing. <laughs> okay. The, the, because remember the last conversation we had about, you know, um, writing, getting it out, yes. getting it out. And then you go and clean it up. Once we had that conversation, I sat down. It was like, man, I, I'm serious. An emotional dump, not a brain dump, an emotional dump. Yeah. Getting all this stuff out. Um, and I wrote, maybe 60 70 pages in like four or five days so that's a lot of writing uh <laughs> so i'm working on that and i'm i'm pretty i've been just putting it off and putting it off but i'm pretty close to finishing the second um you know the second book of uh, the zero theory the, the investing so okay um i've been working on that now you know unfortunately my, my dog's gone it's heartbreaking but i'm not tethered to home now so uh, i'm gonna go go visit gandhi and uh, August fourth. I'll be 40th. there. Oh, he's supposed to know that. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, anyway, he don't listen to this shit. Yeah. Anyway, not like that. Not like that. So, uh, <laughs> and then you know, October. I, all right. So I I finished my master's in 2013. Yeah. I've never walked. Gandhi finishes. He's graduating um, within the next month or so. But the graduation isn't in, until October. So. Um, it's in San Diego. He's he went to the same school. 
I went to. So we're going to walk together. That's super you know? dope. So, I wish I could be there for that. Uh, you know, when, when I found out that he was going there and, you know, cause I've always been on you, on you guys heads about school. Yeah. You've been probably the easiest one out of everybody because you already had a foundation of it. Um, but to a person, just about everybody's done with, with school. So when, when I knew he was going there, um, I told him, Hey, you know, when you walk, I'm gonna walk with you, you know, and this was when he started, you know, so now, yeah, uh, that's one of the, 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 I guess the, one of the goals was, all right, I waited, I didn't wait for him to finish. It just happened to like line up yeah. uh, to where we can walk at the same time. So, you know, that's on the radar. Um, April, 2022, Italy, for sure. Uh, yeah. So through some unfortunate situations, the way it looks right now during that time, you know, I, my wife won't be here. Um, yeah. I'll just say that. Uh, so we already discussed, Hey, look for my 40th. I want to do something. You and I discussed that today. Um, and I've never been to Italy. Um, so why not turn 40 or, or, or be approaching 40 in Italy in the country that I've fantasized about because, and that's just my, my history, my historical background. I love everything that's Roman. Um, you know, I love just like everything that that country, the history of the country, yeah. I guess I would say. Um, we lived there so, for four years. Yeah, man, I'm it, definitely. It, it's by on far that. the best place that, that, for me, for my money, for my time, my my emotion, Italy is by far the best place I've ever been in my life. You know, so the plan is all right. So it's like a grand to fly there. That's like round trip. That's like I can say that now. That's like <laughs> yeah. So uh, fly there, rent a car, fly to Venice, rent a car in Venice. And we can go anywhere. Yeah, drive anywhere. It's not like back in the day when I was there and you had to have a, a roadmap. You got a roadmap right in your hand. You can go yeah. anywhere you want to go. Facts. We can go as far as we can we can leave Italy. Look, Germany's not too far. Yeah. France is not too far. So all of these different look, if we're there for a week, two weeks, we can go everywhere. Think. All we need is gas money, which we gonna have. look, money's not the problem. That's not even an issue. Think so 10, 10, 12 days yeah. is a sweet spot. Yeah, 10, 12 I'm days in there with is that. perfect. Um I'm gonna run so, up some racks, T. So that that was that that's that's always been something that, that I wanted to do. And now, you know, I've got the time um, to do it. So, you know, we're going to make that happen for sure. Yeah, we're going to definitely plan that this fall. Um, as far as me, what the future holds, um, working on the, the second memoir, More From Within, which will be my last story about myself. I got it all out now after I finish this. This one is it's a much deeper. You'll see. I don't want to give any any exposure but uh you'll see it's yeah. this this is more direct much deeper stuff um and then uh, i'm kind of working on a couple different novels i want to get into some urban fiction type of stuff um so i'm kind of working on that um i actually <laughs> man somebody was was talking to me and then i started really thinking about it and so when i come to work every morning p like yeah. <laughs> or I'm leaving work or whatever throughout that day. I have a lot of pent up aggression, bro. Like right. it's just like that's living when, in Vegas has that's been. When you know, and so near, man, because you you your tolerance is for I don't have nil. it. Your tolerance I don't becomes it, nil. I don't have it. And where where I'm going, I vent about everything, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so what I think I want to do, man. Uh, I think I might have like a ten to fifteen minute pod that's completely different. 
that yeah. speaks to me. Right. Like a uh, complicatedly misunderstood person. I know complicatedly is not a real word, but that's my Instagram handle. Yeah. And I always see the world through a different lens. Yeah. And it's like funny stories that I'll tell. Um, nothing that we talk about on here, nothing I talk about in the boys, but it's just like, you remember when you really used to enjoy certain shit? Yeah. Like, like, for instance, like, me and the boys would always look forward to going to Vegas. Couldn't right. wait, right? Yeah. The countdown, whether we yeah. flying, driving, we can't wait. Right. Now I fly home to Vegas, and the same motherfuckers that I used to be, yeah. woo, clapping and shit, like, shut the fuck up. Like, I live here. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to hear this stuff. shit. Yeah. Or, hey, yeah. I want to go downtown with the family and shit. So we took, funny story, we took Ace to Fremont. Yeah. And me and T, I was like, look at this motherfucker, right? Like, like don't, don't be honest, but look, it's ass walking all everywhere like you know yeah. they they go around half dressed oh, yeah. and shit yeah. and so this is ace like trying to cut his eyes but not get seen by us and i was like what you looking at he's like huh <laughs> and like i'm like i already know what a, a 15 almost 16 year old is thinking like yeah. bro like she he probably on his phone texting like bro she ain't got no clothes along you gotta see this and so <laughs> it's just wild living there now i'm like yeah. none of this shit has any more interest to me and so it's just like random random uh segments like that i might do just to like just vent here and there but yeah. randomly random <laughs> observations from a complicatedly misunderstood perspective, perspective of all yeah. things man and i'm telling you bro like uh it here's one thing i think you should actually think about too man this is definitely not taking us a different direction but yeah. you have so much knowledge that you give to our group mm -hmm. and you have an uh a easy listening voice yeah you could easily have a 10 15 minute investment pod not even investment pod but just ideas about certain things yeah. here's why i chose you pick xyz company yeah. nothing about that says you had to be a financial professional or whatever but you just like i watch the trends i look at candlesticks candlesticks tell me this i'll make yeah. this move right. um or if it's just something about life yeah. i don't know like i got into riding let me tell you about what it's like riding Man. a bike yeah. you know from my perspective i mean bro we have this initial platform which is ours yeah has branched into, you know, so many things. I read something somewhere that if you write one book, there's potentially like seven different streams of income off of that because yeah. there's so much you can do with it. And the same thing can be said about a podcast, right. right? Like we're not monetizing this thing. We ain't making a dime at the point. But you get the confidence from doing something like yeah. this to then grow in all these other different directions. And that's, I, I wouldn't write a book or yeah. finish my degree if it wasn't for being able to get out in front of this and saying, okay, yeah. well, we can do this and without fear. And, <laughs> and, and we, like we talked about from the very, very first episode, you know, this was a conversation that was probably a year plus in the making in our group. Yes. You know, this was something that we all wanted to do as a group conversation wise. And you and I just like, you just off the cuff. Hey, you want to do this podcast? I was right. like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> you know, here we are. Here we are three and a half years later. Yeah. And um, That shit is crazy. To yeah. think. What's funny, I'm sitting at the exact same table. I remember when you sent your picture of your, like, your first snowball yeah. Yeah. and your headphones and shit, and you was right like, here. what's stopping you? And then I sent yeah. you mine from my kitchen table, yeah. and I'm sitting at that very table three and a half years later. It's yeah. fucking wild to yeah. me, by the way. You so. know, and, and three and a half years, I'm more comfortable, um, my my fucking pits aren't sweating, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned, you know, the, the different books you want to write. Um, I started writing this, um, this black spy novel. There you go. See? Probably four years ago, man. And, you know, it was just like, a. all right, I see this. Because when I write, I see pictures. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yep. You know, even if it's, it's something, you know, 
you know, introspective, I'll see moments in my past that make me reflect and I'll put those, those things into words. But, um, I, I, it's just, you know, I wanted to write something that just completely different from anything that I've ever read. And I just started writing this spy novel, you know, there's this, this guy goes back home, uh, to pack up his, his, you know, his grandmother's stuff. Okay. And he starts to find all these different secrets about his grandfather that he didn't know. Okay. And already, already reeling yeah. people in. Yeah. And his grandfather <laughs> was, was, um, he, <clears throat> he was a spy for, for France because obviously yeah. World War II, we didn't get jobs as black people like that. Right. So he went to France and he became a spy, but America wrote him off. So right. he could never come back home. He didn't know. So he didn't know his Facts. grandfather, you know, so that's cool. Yeah. Man. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's still in the works, but yeah, I, my creative mind just gets going and it's a lot of it has to do with us doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, kind of reinforces, yeah, you can be creative and be confident about it, you know, so push those limits, push, push, push and see how, how far you can go with them. You know, so facts, man, uh, and this yeah. relationship is mutually beneficial because you push me and I push you. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's why I'm never afraid to like come to you and I'm like, Hey man, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I don't want anything to make you feel like all of a sudden I'm like branching off, which is what we talked about when I, when I said I was going to do Indie Boys, you know, how we talked like, about this next one. Go for it. Yeah, like, uh, you know, and it's just like, you know, I just feel like creative space is my next wave. You know, I always said, and it's not about money, but I always said, if I made thousands in my 30s, some kind of way I'm going to make millions in my 40s. And I think that the only way that that happens is through me being now free to do whatever it is i'm not wishing upon the star and hoping some luck happens but i'm trying my best to create avenues in all different ways to give my kids something to look at too like no matter what my father always had a plan he always had a way of challenging himself to go for more and that's what i want them to see you know i don't want them to try to live up to anything or say well you know i'm supposed to write books none of that shit it's just i was a person who was like yeah i'm comfortable I mean, we should talk about this all the time. I had a, plenty of money when I lived out here. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that lightly. I wasn't rich, but we did nothing with it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked off so much money. Tennis <laughs> shoes, motorcycles, yeah. cars. But like. that's you. That's <laughs> yeah. you. you know? and, and I did the same thing. And I always felt like I was playing catch up until right. I realized that I had already caught up. Yeah. Now I have the flexibility, you know, because there's an, there's a fear that comes with the expectation of the limited expectation that we come from. There's a fear that's always in that undercurrent because we're raised in that environment to live on minimalism. Right. This is, this is the best you can do. This is it. Yep. You graduate from high school, you get that little menial ass job and you stay there till you fucking 60 years old and you die. You know, that's, that's literally the expectation. Um, But when you, you surpass those things, um, that fear still doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, so I, no matter how much money that we saved and invested, I was always teetering on that edge. Like, uh Oh, one thing could go wrong and it's and all I got gone. nothing, you know, yeah. but my wife would always tell me, trust what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And that just kind of reinforced it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't let that fear dominate the way that it used to, yep. you know, and, that's another one of those things that it, you prove points to yourself by challenging yourself. And, you know, I would guess that 
now, where you are now in your marriage, in your life, where you are financially, you have a comfort there. Now, it's not a satisfaction. It's just a comfort. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't. It goes back to your zero theory. Like, yeah. you, you get to a point and be like, okay, that's the new zero. So as you go past that zero, it's not like I can never go below it, but it's just like I understand what my new normal is. Because yeah. you, you made it so clear in your very first in your zero theory is we are used to seeing two zeros maybe max. Yeah. <laughs> like $100. Yes. You're like, okay, if I go below that, I'm broke. Right. But truly the zero is zero, it's right? Zero. Like, yes. and, and we were always look at our finances as – all right, we got paid this, and as long as it doesn't say zero, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Never putting any kind of emphasis on, like, well, maybe if that zero was just one. This is my line. Then one becomes 10. Yeah. And then you're like, now 10 a 100. And then you, before you know it, you're like, I will never have less than $5,000 to my name. Yeah. And, I, and I stand on that. And then before you know it, I'll never have less than $20,000 to my name. Yeah. And I stand on that. And you just keep going. And as I've followed this theory um, loosely, um, at certain points and then very strict because I told you I got very strict um, I was like this shit is easy yeah. <laughs> it's beyond yeah. easy and that's where I am now and I'm just like you know that's why wealth to me looks so much different yeah. that's why I'm not afraid to quote unquote make money moves now yeah. and when I talk to T I'm like hey look you know we're going to use X amount of dollars to do this and this and this is why because I understand the road now, you know, and, and I understand how my money works for me without looking at anybody else's man. So you've taught me a lot on that. Yeah. That's why my future now can I'm like, okay, I'm going to invest in me. Well, let's get sure. this board, and P. We, we, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do that. That's the thing that we've done is um, we've realized the creative, you know, foundation of, of who we are. Yeah. And we're, we're exploiting that slowly, but surely we're exploiting that. I don't ever want to go back into a situation where somebody owns me. Facts and I and, and going into especially after twenty two years in the military. Don't get me wrong, I love my time in. I love serving. I loved it. Yeah. But when it comes to an end, it comes to an end, and and that's what that's the realization that you're fast approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go back into a situation like that, and I I'm realizing that I'm aging exponentially yep. because of it. Yep. You know, I I'm aging slowly because I don't have the stresses of that shit no more. Yeah. You know, so. Um, Point being, I, I just want I want the time that I have left on this earth to be as creative as possible. My legacy will be to my kids. You know, you you work to a point and you reach a point of satisfaction where you yes. are in your life and you grow beyond that. You yeah, grow into it, who you see yourself can't as. Can't just keep chasing the dollar. Yeah. And one thing, you know, as we close this yeah. segment and go into my final notes, which is gonna be quick, is I mean, you, it cost me $1,500 to write my book, right? Yeah, yeah. And what's wild about that is when it's $1,500 of me wanting to spend it on whatever the fuck I wanted, I wouldn't have thought about that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So if it was $1,500 because I'm going to buy uh, some shoes, I'm going to end up buying a watch, I'm you know, whatever. Yeah. I, without even thinking about it, that $1,500 would be spent. Yeah. But I remember being deployed, and when she told me, she sent me the sheet of what it's going to cost, and I was like, do I really want to do this shit? Yeah. And then I had this other voice, my reasonable voice, like, are you stupid, fool? Like, yeah. that's nothing. And I say it like that, not like $1,500 is something, but I'm saying like $1,500 to put yourself out there forever. Yeah. To say that you've done something that a lot of people that are in your circle or a lot of people that you know say they'll never be, they have never even thought about how to do it. I'm like, 
that's a great investment for you. Yeah, you invest you know in yourself. Mean? Exactly. Yeah, you invest Investing in into this podcast. Yeah. I mean, now we're, I mean, I don't know if this <laughs> this shit goes to shit one day. Like, we're out there somewhere, yeah. right? They might find us in future. Like, yeah. what is this see on the doctor but bullshit? <laughs> it, was, it was never, when we started, it was never about, oh, we can go here. It's, Become it's Joe Rogan or some right. shit. It's just us talking. It's just us talking. This is an yeah. outlet um, for us, you know, sharing different things that happen in our lives, how different viewpoints of, of how we see things. Because the one given is through our entire relationship. Yes. We don't always I know where agree. You're going with it. We don't and, always yeah. agree. You know, so <laughs> rarely. And, and, and <laughs> that that's something that we've been able to exploit on Facts. this podcast. Facts. You know, so um I that's one of the things I truly appreciate because you've taken me to a place that I've never it's been in my head. It was a conversation like I said we had, but here we are. Here we know, are. Um, and, you know, the, the books and just we've always been able to, as a collective, as a group, you know, we've always fed off of each other. It was just a different kind of motivation. It's not a competition. It's just we've been able to motivate each other yes. to to push boundaries, you know, um, and I've always appreciated that brotherhood, you know, especially for that. All right, man, I'm moving to my final note because we're rolling way over time. But the first time ever in a studio oh, together, yeah. a setting, I mean, what do you expect, right? So my final note, 300K and a bag of air, and a bag of air, I'm sorry. This week, um, a lot of things <laughs> were realized. The cost of things, and though we just talked about money in the last segment a little bit, can sometimes be a bit, you know, astronomical and absurd, you know, <laughs> that's an understatement. Three hundred thousand dollars a month is what Miss um, Nicole is getting. Dr. Dre's ex-wife yeah. is what she'll be getting. And I don't know if that has a 10 year span or whatever, but, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a month. That's three for her million dollars to a year. I won't even use quote unquote, but for her to continually continuously live, I guess, the lifestyle she was. I don't yeah. know what yeah. that means, actually. But. I remember how she broke it down, and at yeah. first it was a lot more. She was yeah. requesting a lot more per month, and yeah. I guess this is maybe the middle ground or what. I don't know. But the moral of the story is, I mean, I'm doing okay, and I'm living off about 10, 12 a month. Right. $300,000 a month. My, my, what my, are we doing with that? My brain can't, can't process how to I, – I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm living off essentially. You know, like, <laughs> I and, don't even and, know what I what I'm, kind of damage I can do with three hundred thousand dollars. I feel damn comfortable. I feel amazingly comfortable. Yeah. You know, I don't at this point in my life want for much. You know, you never look in the refrigerator and be like, shit, we got to make it to the fifteenth <laughs> right. to get milk. Like we don't yeah. have those issues. So yeah. three hundred thousand dollars a month. I mean, I'm not saying she's not. She doesn't deserve it. I don't know what she went through in her marriage. Ain't none of my business. Right. But that number is yes. astronomical. Yeah. Which then puts me into my second point. Because $3,300 will buy you a bag of air from a certain event. Kanye's yeah. listening event. Yeah, you sent me the that. Other night. I was like, <laughs> is this real? First off, I don't even know how you prove that it's real. And I, I went on eBay and I found the ad. Is there authentic? I can't even say the word. How is it authentic? It? Yeah. Is how, it, can you, can how, you, how can you how can you certify that this is real air? First of all, <laughs> All right, so I, I, I will give I will give that person 
some credit for being engine just oh, for the sheer ingenuity shit. of I'm gonna take this Ziploc bag with me. First of all, how do you just get basic air in a bag without you blowing in it? I don't have get, a lot of these answers. How man. do you get atmospheric air in a Ziploc bag? But anyway, that's just something to ponder. But having the ingenuity. Because <laughs> it, it is yeah. it is puffed it's out. puffed out. So Maybe. to have the ingenuity to say, okay, I'm going to give this shit a shot. And the bids get up to $3,300? Maybe he has the Hapsite Cyclone we use where we draw air and then force uh, it. I, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of things that can be said here. But the fact that you sell yeah. it, why $3,300? Yeah. Why not? My sensible mind would be like, that shit ain't going to work. And I would never do it. You know, just my logical mind would, would close that out. So I got to give him some credit for the ingenuity. And the confidence that yeah. somebody, that he's going to finesse somebody. Yeah. And somebody might buy, I don't know. But then again, I don't think about it. Uh, so years ago, remember, I don't know if you remember, there, there was this piece of toast. And somebody said, oh, it looks like Virgin Mary's in it. A piece of toast. A piece of toast. I dude. do not remember. I swear to that. God. <laughs> what the I, fuck? You can, you can look this shit up on the internet. I do not piece recall. Of toast that was bid on on eBay because the the picture in the toast looked like how the toast was toasted looked like Virgin Mary. I swear to it's you. It's just how it popped up. That's out the, how it popped up out of the toaster, bro. <sighs> Did it make money? Let me see. I'm I'm gonna Google this shit. Real Chill, quick. man. I'm I'm just want to know. Did it make money? <laughs> Did somebody buy said toast that's I mean, now molded and <laughs> toast with you can't i mean i don't know man so this this week has told me a lot about <laughs> how i don't understand how a lot of things work because i mean i guess we've seen what divorces from rich people can get you i mean look at mrs bezos she's now the richest woman in the world and she's donating that money she's so donating a lot of to, it mostly to hbc's this is facts good on her okay. for that uh, real quick okay i'm just gonna spit this out bbc news america's virgin mary toast fetches twenty eight thousand dollars a decade old old toasted cheese sandwich uh said to bear an image of the virgin mary sold on the ebay auction site for twenty eight thousand dollars I mean, this send me was that. in November twenty so third of two thousand four. Yes. So anything that that somebody yes. can value, someone will pay for. Truly, I can't guess all I got to say, bro. So, <laughs> bags of air, toast, three hundred thousand dollars a month from a divorce. I mean, what else can you say, man? But uh, this has been amazing, P. Uh, we got to do this much more often, man. Uh, man. We we close enough to do it, yeah, whether you come to me apart, so. or I come to you. Uh, appreciate anybody stopped by. Donna Clink was in here for a little bit. I seen a couple other people pop in and pop out. Uh, we appreciate you, man. So you guys enjoy your Saturday evening. This has been C on the Doctor. 